Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Judith Germain. She is a woman that is definitely on the mission, y'all. She is multifaceted, very versatile. But besides all of this, this is who Judith Germain is. She, she empowers leadership teams and organizations to have the strategic insight innovation and execution to enhance their leadership impact and influence. She is a chartered fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personal Personnel and Development. Judith is the leading authority on Maverick Leadership, an author, consultant, trainer, speaker, and mentor coach. She is she also hosts a global top 10% most popular podcast and is a leadership radio host. I told you all, she is a woman <laughs> on a mission. Welcome, Judith Germain. Hi, uh, it sounds really weird hearing all of that. <laughs> hey, I know it sounds weird when someone else reads your bio, Ms. Judith, but when you have a lot of incredible things going on, you just kind of sit back in the hot seat and say, oh, who is that woman that she's talking about? <laughs> then you realize, aha, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Maverick Leaders Saving the World. So everyone, put your cape on because in this next few minutes, you are going to be the superhero of your own life. So Judith, walk us through, what does a maverick leader look like? Mm, so maverick leaders are individuals that work for the greater good. So they're all about um, working for the greater good with integrity, empathy, and passion. They will do not only what's right, they will make sure what they say they're going to do gets done. Um, and they're known for having that sort of strategy, that kind of swagger, confidence, you know, <laughs> and, you know, that ability to say, right, this needs to happen. They're the sort of individuals that would tell the emperor that they well and truly are naked. They would say, you are naked. Don't try to convince me you have clothes on. You're naked. So they will put their heads up and say, this is what I stand for. And this is what it is. And where did the term maverick leader come from? Because this is the first time I'm hearing this terminology. So I want to dive a little bit deeper there so I can educate myself, inspire and motivate. <laughs> <laughs> okay well you might not have heard of it before because it came from my head <laughs> so I have been defining mavericks as willfully independent people from 2005 so I originally started looking at that type of individual those mavericks and then I realized that there are two types of mavericks you've got your extreme mavericks and you've got your socialized mavericks and they have similar capability similar drivers but the difference is the extreme maverick are externally i'm sorry are internally focused and socialized mavericks are externally focused so a good example would be reputation which is one of the um attributes so an extreme maverick is concerned about their reputation and what you can do to enhance it. And a socialized maverick is very much like, if you've got a bad reputation, I'm not hanging around you because my reputation is important to me. 
do you see what I mean? So they will lend their reputation to others, but they're not going to hang around with people who don't have the integrity they have, for example. They're not going to not going to use them in, in that way. So I went from working solely around maverick leaders to making it more around maverick leaders and maverick leadership, because the people I was working with were saying, I'm not a maverick by personality, but I want to, you know, have the success that socialized mavericks have. So what are the steps I need to take? So that's why I started to focus on the maverick leadership as opposed to just the maverick. Nice. Okay, so we're going to dive a little bit deeper here, <laughs> Jaden, because Maverick. So what made you pick Maverick, like the word Maverick and the characteristics? Was there something else that led you up to picking Maverick as opposed to something else? How significant is that word to you? And how oh did you God. come up, come upon that to like really started to coin the term? It's hugely significant <laughs> and it's hugely significant for a couple of reasons. One, I am one right? and I kind of realised, so my second career was HR and I was a senior HR manager for, for a number of years from a very young age and I discovered that the people I liked working with and the people I really understood were those challenging individuals that nobody else got and to me it was so obvious. Um, and I started to think about that. What is it about this individual that lets them achieve X? Why is it about that leadership that works? So I started to, because of what Mavericks do, they sit there and they have a hypothesis that they go off to prove or disprove. So I was like, hmm, these individuals collectively are really, really great. What is the same about them? What's unique and what drives them? So I started to pull out the capabilities so I had a hypothesis and then I went out and tested it around other people. And then I put it in my book as well. So one of the things about so my book's called The Maverick Paradox, The Secret Power Behind Successful Leaders. And I knew it had to be a book that stood the challenge of Mavericks. Right? So I knew that whatever I put in it, it had to stand out, had to stand up for itself. So I spent a lot of time sort of conceiving the principles and the capabilities and the strategies, testing them to make sure that they were just, I wasn't just writing a book about me. <laughs> and then and what I found was that individuals said, so Mavericks, when they read it, went, I'm not alone. There are other people like me out there, which is a big deal because you'll spend a life being treated as you're weird and strange and almost kind of something supernatural about you because you just know stuff. Um, and then people who manage other people who wanted to, or who wanted to get into senior leadership found a template to follow does did that answer your question i'm not sure yes it, it answered <laughs> it answered it um partially because when i think about the word maverick i was like maverick that could mean so many different things because uh, i think in the in the u.s i think there's a some sports team called the mavericks or whatnot right. and then you had the film maverick in the in the series okay so when i was trying to figure out this genotype of individual I didn't know what to call them right so I'm like what are these individuals I don't know and then I thought what is it that is the same everywhere and it was that willful independence and the willfulness is with a smirk it's not a toddler stamping their feet going gimme 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 it's someone going <laughs> 
yeah I'm doing it I'm doing it you know it's it's like a it's a spurt it's a smile it's a swagger um and that's what I thought maverick was so I kind of redefined it to fit what I wanted it to mean and which in itself is kind of maverick (laughs) (laughs) nice thank you thank you for going a little deeper there and the reason why I wanted you to go deeper is because I wanted to pull out the substance the substance and get inside the the um, methodology of Judith and why she came up with that because I think it would empower the listeners as well as the viewers and now let's jump into your book the maverick paradox and then before you jump into fully the book talk about how you came up with the subtitle and then let's reverse engineer it (laughs) Oh God! I saw you. Are you sure you're not Maverick? <laughs> hey, yeah, I think I'm a Maverick. <laughs> I feel I'm sensing the Maverick vibe coming through. Your questions are beautiful. I love them. Let me think. Right, I think it was a convergence of a couple of things. There was one: this Maverick personality. What makes a Maverick? I was kind of curious about that. Why is someone a maverick? And is there more than one type of maverick? And how do you, is there a journey to maverickism? So that was a hypothesis that I wanted to find out. And then the other was, I am so passionate about leadership. Because when I was looking about it, and I was thinking of all the people I've trained, all the people I've managed, all the people I've advised who were leaders, there were so few that I would honestly, objectively rate. And I thought, out of hundreds of people, I can pick about five. That can't be right. <laughs> Do you know? And so then I thought, well, what's wrong with leadership? And then I realised that having looked at leadership, leadership has, to be, has been defined by the environment that the circumstances are set in, which is why it doesn't work, right? So, you know, you've got, the most predominant, I don't know about the States, but the most predominant um, leadership style in the UK and Europe is situational leadership, which was done in like 1965 or something. Let's just rest there. 19, <laughs> you know, and the most, and most leadership styles are therefore very fixed environment or ones that change once, you know, like, like a massive change and stops, massive change and stops. No, maverick leadership is about not only a philosophy, but it's about making a change eager individual. So what we need right now is leaders. And bear in mind, I wrote this book, got published in 2017. But I knew then what we were looking for for the future was individuals, whether they were the janitor, the director, doesn't matter who, because maverick leaders is within all of us that individual would be able to deal with complex, changing environments with ease. So for me, that's leader. So I kind of, so in the book, it was that convergence of those two ideas. What makes an effective maverick? What makes an effective leader? Okay, what makes the effective maverick leader? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And that's how, you know, and I looked at it from, various different angles but that's how the book came and also I had so many people over years going when are you going to write the book when are you going to write the book when are you going to write the book <laughs> so I was like okay I'll write the book <laughs> and then you finally did it and I like how you said the secret power behind successful leaders 
maverick leadership because it's like you're giving them the secret sauce behind what the maverick leader is and how maverick the maverick leader goes into maverick leadership so it's like Uh you're creating that imprint your imprint is driving the impact that impact is creating a ripple effect to curate space for the world changers and i like how you said Maverick leaders, um, leadership is inside of all of us, but how do we get those people who don't see themselves as a leader to really tap into it and know what their capabilities are? Because here in the States, I'm not sure if um, you've heard it in the UK, they said there are there are many leaders, but not, not everyone can lead. Uh-huh. Have you heard that statement? I've heard that. I think, I don't agree. <laughs> That was me creating myself. See, I'm learning. So I think leadership begins with yourself, right? Who's going to follow a person who can't lead themselves? Leading yourself starts with knowing what you stand for, what your principles and what your values are. So I always look at leadership to mean it's the same as influence, right? Not manipulation. That's something different. Influence. So leadership is influence, as John Maxwell said, and nothing more, as he said. And I think you need to influence yourself. So you need to make commitments to yourself, which you keep. You need to have integrity. You need to do what you think you need to be able to execute. You know, you need, if you know yourself, then you cannot be manipulated. If you don't know what you stand for, then you can be pushed, you know, small push a small push a small it's i'll give an example um so one of those things that you read in those body language books isn't it it's like if someone shakes you by the hand and they grip your hand it's because they're showing dominance right maybe what that says to me is i'm insecure i believe you are more dominant than i am so i want to address the balance so whenever someone gives me a dominant hand straight So I have to fight not to have the smirk on my face because I go, thank you for telling me how you feel right now. (laughs) Or it's a bit like you go into a meeting and the other person's got this big practical throne and you've got this tiny little chair. Again, it's another smirk. Oh, you want me to feel intimidated? Thanks for the heads up. You know, it's, it's a mindset thing. It's how you see the world. And I think maverick leaders are people that have high self-efficacy and they know what they can do they're confident with what they do it's not arrogance they just know and I think that helps move things forward sorry you were going to say oh no no so the confidence but then one thing I want to dial back is because I think it may be a culture shift in a sense from the UK to the US because in the US whenever you are preparing for interviews and etc they tell you don't have the fish handshake don't have like the loose handshake but have the firm grip so they Um, know yeah so they know you mean business i'm talking about those bone crushing handshakes oh yes where they try to you know when someone's trying and you can feel your your fingers but you're like because they normally do that downwards don't they and you think okay all right mr insecure thank you for letting me know oh okay now that you explained it now we're on the same wavelength yeah yes it's like whenever they they feel like, oh, I'm just going to squeeze her hand so I can show her how strong I am. I'm like, was that really necessary? Yeah, it's, it, you've just, I think one of the things about uh, Mavericks 
per se and my reason also is that they're really good at reading what's not being said and they're very much aware of leakage from their own body language so they might not be aware in the moment but they'll be aware of it after it's happened if that makes sense so you know so they won't so they'll be aware of what's being communicated on that sort of subconscious level that makes sense well let's do a, a bit of role play and this i for those of you who are listening and viewing this segment i'm going to be in the hot seat and judith is going to analyze me to tell me what my maverick leadership is so you ready judith we're gonna yeah. switch okay so go so go ahead Okay, so when you're my, so do you want me to just ask you questions to get an idea? Yeah, sure. Okay. When you have to make a decision that is, hang on, let me give you a better example. You're working for somebody else and you're in the organisation and everybody has agreed to follow um, the, the director's directions but when you look at it you think if I follow these directions it is unethical it's not illegal but it's unethical how would you respond to that so I would definitely because I've been in this situation before um I'll just say some context before I answer so you know so I worked in trade regulations and compliance coordination for a Fortune 500 oil and gas company, and I was working on a project that was proprietary. So it had a lot of high-level eyes on it. So there was something that they were doing, but then whenever I reviewed it against the contract, I saw that something was not in compliance and it did not um, coerce with the black and white. So what I did was I started highlighting the things in the contract electronically that were not conducive to the way that we were practicing currently and I brought that up to management to say based on what the contract is saying these are the areas that we are inefficient where we're not actually practicing what we preach and if we were to get audit by the government these are some things that could fall through the crack the cracks where later on we may have tax implications or we may have fines and penalties which we wouldn't want to incur that but if we were to go back and really assess the the contract and correct what has not been being followed then i think it would be a smooth sailing and transition so let's take what we have now let's correct it and let's explain why it's not working the way that it was originally designed because the contract was put in place before I even stepped into the role because the role was one that the company newly created for me. So all of the contracts and different stuff was already done behind the scenes before I even got there. So I knew whenever you're operating in trade regulations and compliance coordination and you're doing things for the drug enforcement agency, you're doing things for the government, you always have to ensure you dot your I's and cross your T's because at the end of the day it's your name that's going on the paperwork to sign off not your supervisor and knowing me I said I'm not being in a I'm not going in an orange jumpsuit for anybody meaning I'm not going to jail for somebody's <laughs> negligence <laughs> so that's my answer okay that's a good answer so were you worried about the impact to your job when you was going to tell them about it Yes, I was very worried, but then I knew that 
I have a connection with the source and that's my heavenly father. So, so I knew that my morals, my values and my characteristics, plus having integrity stood more than how they were going to see me. Cause at the end of the day, if something were to go down, I was the only chocolate drop. So they could easily throw me under the, the bus. So I definitely had to put on my, my big girl's pants and think quickly. And I said, you know what, I'm going to say it and God, you're going to do the rest. <laughs> and did do your friends see you as someone who has divergent views from others um or do they see you as someone who kind of is part of the pack <laughs> that's a good question so not part of the wolf pack some see me as direct and blunt and they said oh if we know if we know anything about genesis if it's not right she's gonna say something and sometimes they may chuckle because i just address the elephant in the room but then you have to know what your audience is whenever you are addressing certain things because if you're the loudest person and you speak up too much depending on the situation here in the states you could be labeled as aggressive the angry black woman and so many other forms of microaggression and stigmas even though you're not really aggressive or you're not what they want you to be but it's you're very passionate about the situation and your compassion is you know coming up and outwards does okay. that answer your question that does and that makes a difference so let me tell you my prognosis <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> should it... i do a drum roll <laughs> <laughs> the prognosis please socialized maverick the reason why i'm saying that is this clearly this maverick stuff but you're not an extreme maverick because you're looking at the greater good and you're not trying to cover your backside, right? So so I know from that, the accountability and things that you were saying, and you were holding the accountability is yours. So you're caring about your reputation. You're not thinking about, oh, I can just say so and so and I can manipulate that. So that puts you away from the extreme into the socialised. And the reason I was asking you a question about your home is because I call like maverick behaviourists, those that are emulating socialized mavericks in their place of work and they go home back and, con and conform but your friends know you as the one that stands out says what they say what they want to say so clearly you are a maverick personality as opposed to a conformist that just knows and the thing that you were thinking about the the tact the right way to say things the consequences shows me that you're socialized as opposed to socializing i.e you're aware of yourself you know, you've gone down that journey from, you know, blipping up to extreme, back down into socialization. So you are a maverick that can be brought into polite company who will work for the greater good. Ah, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, because... yes, ma'am. It's a very good thing. And these people do ask whether socialized mavericks are not real mavericks because they're not so like bitey. And I say, yeah, they're the best type of mavericks because you take all that maverick energy, all that talent, and it's absolutely harnessed and it's honed. So the socialized part of socialized mavericks is relative to extreme mavericks. It's not, oh, the chief is nice, he's okay. It's not, you know, you're still a maverick, you're still a wolf. Do you know what I mean? You're still a, you're not a domesticated, you know, poodle. 
but you may appear to be one because you know you you know you're following your own thing you know what to do it's just that when it comes to something that you're highly principled about you'll go no okay let me just remind you again I'm not domesticated (laughs) I'm howling at the moon now not doing it (laughs) and I feel like if you would have asked me this maybe back in 2020 I would have had the extreme um maverick because that's when I really got bold and I stood up in the supply chain vice president's meeting and I pretty much told him what my stance was professionally with racism and personally with racism and one week later I got a call that I was getting a $20,000 salary increase and my CL level was being bumped up from a 15 to a 22 and I was like well if you really wanted to make things right you would have put some respect on my check and back paid me for the three and a half years that you had me underpaid and underrepresented in comparison to my colleagues who are non-melanated. Yeah, and you're asking me whether you're a maverick. <laughs> I feel like, depending what the situation is, I could be a cross-pollinated maverick, it sounds like. That's that's why you're socialised, because you are able to read situations. So socialised mavericks have high emotional intelligence, and they'll be able to So if you look to my book, for example, um, it talks about the power, how Mavericks utilise power. So you might find that interested in the terms of, because you have demonstrated a way that almost all socialised Mavericks utilise power to get what they want in a way that is influential and ethical. I like that. And I like that we did um, this role play and we put me in the hot seat because I think it's really going to drive home with the listeners as well as the viewers of this segment. So as we begin to wind down, Judith, what would your gems be for anyone that is listening? If they don't remember anything else from this conversation, what do you want to own in on? Mm. Maverick leadership is a philosophy it's who you are and what you do. And if you keep that to the forefront of your mind, who you are, what's your, do you have integrity? Are you trusted? What do you do? Are you good at what you do? You're competent, you've got a track record of it. Then I think that you'll stay on the right path. If you can stay pathologically curious, follow that curiosity, see where it goes beautifully said now we're going to close out leave us with one or two gems and then leave the listeners with once again who you are how they could connect with you on social media and any other information you feel inclined to leave okay so require more of yourself um it would be with me my top one know what you believe in and stick to it would be my second for two gems um i'm judith germain and you can find me on linkedin facebook if you put in maverick underscore paradox you will find me on instagram and do check out my facebook channel she's judith germain g-e-r-m-a-i-n and there was one more thing you wanted me to do was it to I forget. So it was to leave your contact information and how they could personally connect with you. So you left your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn. And is there any other information you feel inclined to leave the audience? Uh, with? Okay. 
yeah, couple more. Buy my book, The Maverick Paradox, The Secret Power Behind Successful Leaders from Amazon. Also check out The Maverick Paradox magazine, which can be found at themaverickparadox.com. Um, I have a podcast, which you'll find from the magazine. And as I say, I was a radio host, which is The Maverick Paradox at KLDR. So check that out. Um, probably the final thing is my website, which I keep forgetting to mention, which is maverickparadox.co.uk where you'll find all of me on there. <laughs> and there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS. You just heard Judith Germain. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. So make sure you read, read, read. As we <laughs> all know, reading is fundamental. And I want you to remember you are a masterpiece. You are exactly where you need to be, but you may not be where you feel compelled so tap in to the maverick leadership to get yourself cruising up to higher altitudes and really be the top of your game we believe in you and we're rooting for you and we all have leadership in us but the difference is are you an extreme maverick or are you a social maverick and until we <laughs> chat next time peace love and lots of blessings go out and have yourself an amazing day